evening, everyone. Welcome in to episode number 20 of the Fused Relativity podcast. We got Chris here, uh, your name here. How's it going this week? It's going good, other than the new music, but I figured since it's our, our 20th uh, episode, 20th podcast, I would start offering people the opportunity to uh, to sponsor. If you want to, you can pay us some money and we can put your name in there. So just trying to, uh, a little, a little uh, you know, a little expanding of the Fuse Relativity <laughs> podcast. So if you want to sponsor us, we can put your name, whatever it is. Just keep it classy. Kirk huh. sells out his name. Yeah, already. Episode <laughs> 20 and he's selling out. It took 20, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I figured get a, get a following and then uh, they'll be they'll be clamoring. They'll be salivating to uh, be connected to this podcast or not. We'll see. <laughs> or or not. I will actually pay anybody who demeans Kirk with their, uh, you know. Okay, uh, let me just stipulate that uh, anybody <laughs> on the podcast can't pay to insult Kirk. <laughs> That's the only rule. Other we'll than see. that, fair game. That was it. Chris was just going to uh, pay to pick you in the name and then just pay himself back. That's you know what? But he, he, whatever insult Chris was going to say, he wouldn't be able to spell it correctly, so nobody would be able to tell what he was trying to say anyway. So I'm, I, I'll do that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, It'll just be I, a bunch of mashes of keys. But I would know. So <laughs> you, you would know what you were trying to say. Okay, so it makes sense to you and nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> Win-win. And D-Infinity. John, how are you doing this week? I'm going. Going? Working on new stuff. Getting motivation I... back, so always a positive. Nice. Oh, and before we jump in, like, can I just comment? We have we had new intro music um, uh, that we, that uh, Chris and I, we, uh, we jammed on and, 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 uh, created this last weekend. Oh, and by the way, I your your daughter is is very cute. I'll be honest. I every once in a while having a kid seems like a good idea, and that was one of the cases. Like she like took me by my finger and like dragged me over to show me something, and then I got home I'm like that was sweet. And then I realized, hey, my my ring and watch are gone. <laughs> so um, I'm not saying Delilah, your two and a half year old, is a flim flam grifter. But she may be going in that direction, okay? I mean, she—I got ice cream from her. She charged me eighteen dollars, <laughs> and then she asked for a receipt, and I said no. And then she gave me an Olive Garden gift card, but then she took it back. So I think she's uh, she's going to be a business owner that one. Yep, I've been teaching her that, so she's picking it up like a sponge. Good, you're doing a good job. She's, but yeah, I'm, I'm so just if you see the ring around, just give it back to me. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Before she pawns it. She pawned it. Pawned it. <laughs> she's ah, she, she's so quick. See, I'm telling you, she's gonna have like a pinstripe suit and a toothpick, and she's already she's already got a scam going on. She's good <laughs> with pigtails, so you can't argue. Yeah. You're you never see it coming. She's too sweet. No one's you know, all of a sudden. Oh my god, she just swiped forty thousand dollars from me. How did she do that? She was cute. <laughs> it was funny when you said that. I was actually gonna bring it up as. You know, we did uh, create new intro music that John was nice enough to get loaded up for the show. Uh, funny story, we were supposed to live stream the creation of the said. Uh, 
me and Kirk got so into making the music that we totally forgot to stream it. So that was cool. Um, right. So it, look, technology is in our bag, but um, eventually, you know what? It, it, the music, enjoy the music, and then uh, maybe we'll 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 put a box set together. How about that? <laughs> that'll that that'll be that's that's our level of technology. A box set streaming is a little fancy for us. And uh, just out of curiosity, John, did you by chance see the title of our album? I did not. Uh, the title title of our first album is called "What Is a Tinker Cat." <laughs> I, I got a lit. I got a litter box ready to go. Uh, that's all I know. It's, and I, I still don't think it's right. It's it's not. Okay, I I didn't think so. I got nine lives to figure it out, so that's good. Yeah, you'll get there one day. Maybe in episode forty. Stay tuned, folks. You got to tease him. <laughs> will, will Kirk ever understand Tinkercat? Stay tuned. You gotta, you know, you gotta read the book or listen to the podcast. Well, uh, last week we talked about the space hop that uh, Branson was going to take, and he successfully uh, made his flight. And I mean, John, I'm going to be real honest. I gotta say. I don't think he really went to space. Yeah. I mean, mean, technically, by the U.S. standards, he did. He was floating. Yes. But it's like, uh, it's like driving to the beach and saying you went into the ocean. It just, yeah, technically you're there, but you didn't actually go in. So, I don't know. It's but, just... I mean, in fairness, Blue Origin's been doing the same thing about their uh, their little hops that they do. They're like, oh, yeah, we went to uh, we went to space, and they're doing the same thing. They're just a little higher up. Which, I mean, granted, they're still really, really high, and it's, it's cool in its own right that they're making these treks, but I don't know. It was a little lackluster for me. Uh, I know they did float for a few minutes with weightlessness, but in the long run, it's a suborbital and their, adventure. Their live stream was not that great. <laughs> I mean, uh, some of the stuff afterwards was nice, but yeah, I watched uh, the whole thing and the fact that they it cut out so many times. <laughs> and what it, what was that thing you sent me? Something about space is now virgin territory. Oh yeah, that was the announcer on the um the live stream was like space is now virgin territory. And I was just like, what? <laughs> um, space has been explored. There's been yeah, that's that's a I, bad analogy. That's bad. Well, that's bad. Well, bad wording. It's because it's Virgin Galactic. They were like, oh, space is now Virgin Territory. And it's like, I no. And no, yeah, uh, there's uh, there's uh, been satellites. There's space is a dirty whore. <laughs> every every rocket that has ever gone up is phallic in nature. So um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure space has no virginity left. Right, if space was getting married, it couldn't wear white. If it was, everybody would giggle and snicker. Like, 
anyway, yeah, I figured that would be, uh, you know, we could get a little riff on that just because, come on, you you really thought that that was good, yeah, good line to throw out there. <laughs> I, I well, at, how how long was it? Because I saw like I think the the I saw the 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 Bezos flight is supposed to be about like eleven minutes. So how how long was this? Was this shorter? Uh I I think they were I don't think it was 11 minutes cuz they were well, only in weightlessness for like 2 minutes or 3 minutes something like that. So But they count the flight from launch to landing. So Blue Origin I'm assuming the their time frame is from launch to landing. And I remember because I was watching the NSF uh, feed of it, and they were just shy of what was it the first suborbital hop or not hop but manned launch. The Bezos is going to have somebody, somebody auctioned, he he bought a ticket and it was basically, he spent $28 million to be on Bezos's upcoming flight and they broke it down and essentially it's $2.54 million a minute or $42,424 a second that that breaks down to. And I was just, it blows me away that somebody will spend 40, like that's a annual salary for for a lot of people and that's going to go through it in a second one that's the the whole argument about the space tourism thing is is it ever going to be cheap enough to where normal people can just go up in a in a flight yes i don't think i i disagree most i think only 30 i swear it's only 30 35 percent of people actually have a passport so I, the majority of people don't have the money or the desire to leave the country. So I don't see people having the money or desire to leave the planet. But, yes, you're right. But what if it was a suborbital flight to, let's say, L.A. to um, Europe that took 30 minutes? unless you bring the price down i just think people are not like they're working two three jobs they can't take off the time and they don't have the money and unless the 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 price comes so far down i think it's just this is going to be uh something the super rich do it's once again another activity that only super wealthy people can afford and everybody else just has to kind of go oh that would be nice see but i could see spacex doing it for at a loss just for the publicity and doing it at around a thousand dollars a ticket, especially if they get it up to a hundred people on. Yeah. If they were able to get a hundred people onto a starship, I could see him doing it for about a thousand dollars a ticket. I mean, it would be at a loss, but still. And they would be, I mean, at a thousand dollars a ticket, you would have plenty of people who would, you know, jump, do jump it. At the, yeah, just for the, the thrill and the, you know, the idea. Oh, I'm going to space. Well, and especially if it was like, if it was a thousand dollar, you know, 
trip to or yeah trip to europe because that's the one of the goals of spacex is to see if they can use starship as a um commercial airliner of sorts I think you guys are i think you maybe you're being more optimistic than i like people don't even want to leave their house to go to the store so to leave their house to go to space to go to europe for thousand dollars yeah I, but i honestly don't i think people are becoming too sedentary and too agoraphobic and i i honest i think your love of space is far greater than uh the average person's but we're talking about uh, a scenario where people have the ability to they most like if you looked at how many people would have if they auctioned off a free seat you know and said join our raffle to get a free seat on the blue origin flight i bet you would have millions of people signing up for that raffle they already did hmm. they raffled off a seat for uh, a dragon launch right chair well it's a charity or like a giveaway Yes, but I I just I don't think people have enough money to do it. Well, but, so that could be it, it, it's a it's a charity thing. It's a giveaway. Yes. Oh look! Oh look at how look at how pleasant our billionaires are being by allowing the commoners to come share our space experience with us. Is what it seems like it's to me. Well, the well, whole idea, Kirk, is that eventually the price is going to be low enough. Like a thousand dollars for a person is a trip to Disneyland, you know, well, for a couple of days. So and you figure not only that, it's also about the average cost, well, not the average cost, but like a peak time cost to a trip to another country, period. Granted, you're getting a lot more out of the trip, you know, if you're going to another country or to Disneyland, or, you know, whichever, but the idea would be that people would do it just because they're like, hey, I, I'm not going on vacation this year. I'm going to go to space for four minutes. You know, just just to say they did it. Well, yeah. But, okay, let's... I, I know this is kind of fits into our topic that we're going to talk about today, but to help kind of Kirk understand. So SpaceX, their first orbital launch of the Starship is going to take off from Boca Chica, um, do almost a complete orbit and land by Hawaii. And it should take about the Starship should be in orbit for about 40 minutes. Now, if they were to offer the same flight and say as a commercial thing and said, hey, if you're already going to Hawaii for vacation, we can get you there in 40 minutes. Plus, you get to go to space. It's like a combo package. You get Hawaii and space on the way there faster yeah. than a, just a normal yeah. five-hour well, flight or whatever it is. I wouldn't say it's faster because you still have to, you know, load, launch, all that stuff. It's not cut and dry 40 minutes. I mean, you're talking about but, hours, but... So I just looked this up, and granted, obviously, prices would change, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's a seven hour flight from Denver to Hawaii and it's about $700. So if SpaceX got it to the point where 
you could go just, you know, go to Boca Chica, take off from Texas, land in Hawaii on a rocket for an extra $300. You don't think the vast majority of people that are vacationing wouldn't do it just for that experience? It doesn't a, a a rocket doesn't that I assume that would increase the danger aspect of it. You're, it seems like a lot more could go wrong. Um, so it's like you're you're uh, you're throwing in a lot of extra danger. It just seems like a luxury thing. I don't know. Well, uh, and, honest, I, I I wouldn't. I'll be honest. No. And you're not wrong about the increased danger, but. That's why they're designing the starships, and that's why Falcon 9 was designed for reusability. Like, yeah, it's not going to get anywhere near the the flight hours of a 747 or anything like that. But you're still going to have a decent amount of reusability per rocket. Just the, the air travel, like, you guys have kids. Imagine going on, like a crying baby on an airplane, I imagine is 10 times worse when you're going so much higher, so much faster in a rocket. So just the comfortability, just the comfortable experience, I think would lessen, like, it's just like, okay, this is, the cost well, is too much, the risk is too much, and it seems like it just makes things way too complicated. I would assume I, they would not allow probably sure. even anyone under, you know, so nobody with families would do this. Nobody, so this well, is just sing, single random people would do this. I think it just depends on like, you know, look at uh, just in the, so there was a story today about uh, Virgin Galactic. Uh, Ashton Kutcher actually had a ticket that he bought for the Virgin Galactic flight. And he only he had to auction it off, not because he didn't want to go, but basically his wife said, uh, are you stupid? No, you're not going to space. And so it's too like, unsafe. Yeah. You, yeah. You, I need you to keep making money to support the family. So you can't go do that. Right. So, but do you think I'm just assuming even though they have kids, if they were both on board, I would have to think they both would have bought tickets and gone up you know, because he was already ready to do it even without, you know, he's a family guy. He's still trying to, you know, oh, I'm just going to go up to space. Well, so, that's the thing with Virgin Galactic, though. Virgin Galactics has a lot of fail safes. It's essentially a plane. So the only devastating thing that could potentially happen to Virgin Galactics is if somehow something happened to the rocket and the plane exploded. <laughs> that would be bad. That's that, generally. <laughs> but see, every other thing, like, oh, the rocket didn't start. Well, now you're just going to glide back to ground. Oh, something happened midway through and we had to shut off the rockets. Well, now you're just going to glide back to It's a plane. It's designed to glide. So it's sure. able to fly back to the landing strip, regardless of the situation that happens. <clears throat> Whereas with you have Starship or um, New Glenn, uh, they're traditional rockets, or even Dragon, they're traditional rockets. So 
they don't exactly have that fail safe. So in terms of safety, I would think Virgin Galactics is probably the safest you can do, equivalent to that of a of a plane. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see. Uh, Bezos is going up on Tuesday, uh, taking up the new Shepard to see. You is know. it Shepard or Glenn? Shepard. Okay, the, so Glenn's the big one. Yeah, Shepard's the one they're they're taking out to start with, and then. Uh, so he's going up on Tuesday. We will see how that one goes. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch it. I'm sure it'll go off without a hitch, much like Branson's did. Um, but yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna talk real quick, John. I know we're, I'm cutting you off once again, which I've been doing lately because, as you mentioned, we've been getting into a pretty good groove, and it's kind of getting hard to keep these shows under, you know, hour and fifteen <laughs> twenty minutes. So. Sometimes I got to push us along a little bit. Uh, but so I was, where, where are we going now? Yeah, what are we doing? I just wanted to throw out there that the Hubble telescope was successfully transferred to the backup computer and everything is back online. So it's so, got about another 30 years left till it's dead again. Correct, but the fact that they were able to successfully transfer the computer, that is very cool, and maybe within the next 30 years, they'll be able to figure out how to fix it. Well, it was the power supply. The power supply was what caused the problem. I heard, and it was, it, it's going to continue, it was 31 years is what I, it's, so it's going to continue on 31 years of helping science, and when Reach for Comment, the Hubble telescope said i'm getting too old for this shit <laughs> so it, it's ready to retire but it's going to keep going i mean it that is crazy that that thing's been up there for nearly as long as all of us have been alive yep i'd hate to see it go even though it's you know it's a quiet uh you know it doesn't get a lot of glory because you don't ever really see it but uh Maybe in the next 30 years, the Starship will be able to go up and actually work on it, you know, like the shuttle did. And I like how it's basically, like, once they they, they got the power figured out, like they said, it, they're going to give it a little, uh, there's going to be a little mini pause, like a little mini break before it starts doing more scientific observations. And I just like how scientists are treating the Hubble sort of like any 31-year-old or 31 <laughs> A uh, employee who's been there for 31 years is like, look, we just switched computer systems. We're going to need to give this thing time to f look. If we give it a task, it's it's going to just freak out. So just let it get used to it, and then we'll start giving it tasks to do again. I kind of like that. <laughs> it seems like it's it's making like a the help of, uh, like a person. See, it's all you know. They, robots have feelings too. Yeah, look, he's going to have to take a nap. Like, let him nap. He's got a new computer system to figure out, and then he'll be he'll be bright as rain, but just give him some time. Uh, the other thing I was going to bring up, too, John, is we haven't talked about this very much lately because we've been so focused on space, but I printed in PETG for the first time this last week, and it is my new favorite filament. That stuff rocks. Yeah, I, I quite like it. Granted, I haven't printed much in it, but still. 
the first project uh, that I did was built a couple caps for my father-in-law's uh, pontoon boat. There was some uh, bunk boards that needed to be covered, and so I printed some caps. And I used the PETG because it's better for being outside. And uh, then I printed another cap for a piece of metal that wasps like to create their home in. And so far, so good. Like, I, I like the strength of it. It seems fairly resilient. The only problem I had was I had to crank up my settings on my heat bed and my extruder. But other yeah. than that, it was because it honestly, like, I had to go all the way up to 80 uh, Celsius for the heat bed just to make it stick. Yeah. It, it, it can be a bit tougher to print with. Um, but yeah, it, it, like I, like you said, it does very, very well with, um, temperature or, uh, resistance and stuff, especially outdoors. The only, the only thing I'm really seeing so far that, you know, is just something that I'll have to tweak is I'm getting a little warping. Do you have any idea where that would come from? Possibly, um... It's not staying hot enough. So you don't have an enclosure for your 3D printer, correct? Correct. So um, I know a lot of people, and I'm sure you've seen it, back when ABS was kind of the, the king of 3D printing, almost everyone had an enclosed 3D printer. And that wasn't for sound or anything. That was to keep the temperature in. Am I picturing sort of like a back in the day, like sort of like a record player where that kind of that plastic thing you just put over it like that? Yeah. Sort of well, like yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just keeping it in a, a plastic box or, you know, something to keep the heat in. Okay. So keep the temperature, the right temperature. So it doesn't warp or yeah, cause like Chris is running into like, even if the, if, if the bed is 80 degrees Celsius, and the room's, what, I'm trying to think of, how, like, 28 degrees Celsius. I think that's room temperature, because... Like that, yeah. Um, You've got that, you know, 50-degree difference. Just so above would... the heat bed is going to be a whole lot colder than the heat bed itself. I so... might try, but before I enclose it, I saw in Kira that I can turn off my fan. My cooling fan. Maybe I'll try that and see if that. Well, that's going to. It might. But the problem you're going to run into is you're not also not going to cool down the plastic as it's coming out. Oh, I see. Well, that might. Not, yeah, I don't. Because that's end up with a bunch of liquid plastic on the thing. Well, I mean, it it would still probably work, but. That that cooling fan is really critical for bridging and overhangs and stuff like that. Because if it comes out too hot and it doesn't cool fast enough, it's going to, you know, you're not going to get decent overhangs and you're not going to be able to bridge and all of that. Well, if you if you cool it too much, because you could possibly bust bust the cap and then you'd bust the cap in somebody's ass. <laughs> you, might, you always got to be scared, worried about that. Yes, always. 
See, fine. That was the first time you agreed with me in 25. <laughs> that was good. If we're finally on the same scientific page. I'm glad you, I wore you down. You're like, yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. You can bust a cap in someone's ass. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Accepted. Anyway, so I started printing with it. It goes down like butter. I really like it. It sticks well once you figure out the temp settings on it. And, uh, I mean, it's going to take some tweaking because, honestly, like, my seams on some of the things I printed were a little more prevalent. And there was a lot of, like, pitting inside of it. So, And that's you know. that could just be your extruder, too. Right, which I thought about just changing out the extrude or the uh, uh, the nozzle and seeing if maybe that had something to do with it. Well, you also you have a Bowden system on your printer, which yeah. is you push the plastic into uh, a fill or, or tube, and that tube gets fed to the um, hot end, which. I've never, I haven't seen anything about it being detrimental for harder plastics because it shouldn't. It's more problematic with flexible stuff like um, uh, TPU. But Pet G is softer to the touch, so I mean it could be something of that. Uh, yeah, it might be. Where it's just um, binding up in the tube a little bit or not. I mean, I'm assuming you're running your nozzle a little bit harder, hotter as well, right? Yeah, it's. I was push. I cranked it all the way up to 240. So. Yeah. Comparatively to the 200 that I print with PLA, 240 well, is pretty hot. And your anti-cubic, is it? Does it go to 300 or is it capped at like 250? I'm not entirely sure be honest with you but well you you have to let us know if it, if it so is it you said it warped a little bit is it still you think it, it'll still work for your your father-in-law's uh was it rv or boat uh, he actually said that it uh it popped in there like like butter you know it just went right in he had to tap the edges a little bit and boom perfect so cap hopefully the wasp won't come back maybe you know what if you took the listing off of wasp zillow that might help <laughs> I would recommend that. Start there first and, you know, take down the little, the sign that says, you know, now showing new mod, because the housing market is crazy, even for wasps. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like, uh, most people, okay, you got a wasp nest in your boat. That's cool. Uh, I, no, it's not cool. <laughs> dude, but for me, it's even worse because I'm like, I don't know, I'm a, baby when it comes to wasps i hate them so they hurt wasp hurt <laughs> they do and i mean honestly i can't like if i see a wasp i walk the other direction like i'm just it's like a you know a phobia of mine so i'm sure the feeling is mutual with the, with the wasp go the other way too just because of the smell <laughs> no it's it's a mutual <laughs> thing if if only it were that easy, because they seem to want to pick on me all the time. Because I think they smell it. They're just like, "Ooh, that guy doesn't like me. I'm gonna go mess with him." <laughs> so your smell, your your they smell the fear over your normal smell of stink is what you're. They, that's what they're smelling. Yes. Okay. So anyway, I hate bees, and 
whatever I can do to keep the bees away from the boat so that I'll actually ride on the boat, it's important to me. So that's where I was at. Got it all. And thanks to John's advice on Tinkercad, I have now the ability to do that. And quite frankly, John, uh, I think you'd be a little proud. I went to download something off a of Thingiverse today. And I got a little bummed and went on Tinkercad and designed it myself instead. Well, there you go. I've got a, yeah, the the project I'm working on, I've got to completely design. Um, it's going to be on our newly acquired channel. There you go. A new but, channel? Where's where's our new channel? Oh, it's my wife's channel. Oh, you're, okay. She she's rebranding. But it's gonna be probably our first video um, after we get all everything switched over. We're still gonna do a podcast at some point. <laughs> the two of us. It's just we have to we have to figure out the timing. Well, that'll be cool. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with because. She's crazy good at crafts, and well, I'm crazy. You're yeah, you're, you're a little crazy. So it should be a an interesting watch, that's for sure. So we spent this last couple minutes talking about technology, and I think that's what we're going to talk about tonight as our main lengthy topic that we are going to cover. And I was thinking about the other day, and you have. All this technology surrounding you these days, TVs, computers, you know, 3D printers, we're talking about rockets sending people to the moon, and it's it kind of dawned on me and hit me, it's a hundred years ago, which was, you know, 1920s, it's amazing to think how little technology they had back then, compared to the technology we had when we were growing up, you know, the three of us, compared to where we're at now and where we might be 20 years from now. I agree. I was going to say, to to bring in the 1920 aspect of it, um, we're only here because, what would it be, our great-grandmother? You know the story I'm thinking of with uh, the keeping alive on a uh, the house's uh, word burning heater. I don't. So our grandmother was born premature, and I don't remember exactly how, but the story I remember being told was that they kept her alive on a. Uh, Maybe it wasn't a heater. Maybe it was a stove. Um, yeah, but, I'm guessing a, a wood-burning stove. Yeah, in a shoebox. Because, you know, back then, being born premature was almost a death sentence. Like, now, it's not even an issue. Like, our... Uh, I'm going to say the wrong thing because I always get this confused. Cousin? Not cousin. Nephew? Niece. Niece. Yeah, our niece was premature. My wife was born premature. But um, they have incubators and technology. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a it's not a big thing. The ch childhood diseases are definitely uh, they yeah kid kids survive a lot better than they used to for sure. And just going, just thinking about 
you know, granted, you're talking about bigger, bigger world technologies like, you know, incubators were probably really huge when they first came out. But what about the modern television when it first came out? You know, you hear the stories about the having to get up to change the dials and there was only one channel and not yeah. everybody, could, you know, not everybody could afford one. What do you mean stories? We had a TV like that. Well, yes, but I'm saying <laughs> everybody had those kinds of TVs back then because that's all that existed. And then the tube, uh, the transistors and tubes started coming out, and all of a sudden TVs became a little more advanced. And then what really got me thinking was in the 90s, I don't know if, Kirk, you remember this. I'm sure John does. But you remember those 27-inch black like box TVs that everybody had in their homes. That was like the huge thing. Like that was the TV that everybody had. And it was kind of like you either had that or you had a projection like big screen TV. Right. The this the the blue and the green and the red big circles. Yeah. Right. Those guys. Yep. Yep. And so you kind of have like uh these weird um pauses because all that technology that transformed from 1920 to like 1990 and i'm just looking at tvs because that's what really sparked my imagination on this topic and we can we can get off tvs but uh that black box 27 inch tv was like the standard for 15 20 years before flat screens actually you know started making a, a leap into technology now everybody has the big plasma screens on their mounted on their wall, and that's that's like par for the that's sort yeah. of the equivalent now. Like you have to have that giant fifty-seven whatever screen smart TV. Not even plasma. Plasma is the old school. It's LED and OLED. Yeah, Kirk. Plasma has been around for years. Well, whatever. I, so, <laughs> music, like to me, I'm I like music. So to me, like just I remember. I, I, sort of vaguely having a couple records and then there was the the move to cassettes and like having a Walkman that you could listen to in the car. And then like it could be the portable CD players that would skip and didn't work too well. Just the amount of music that you can now listen to in, in your phone or on your computer. That's the part that blows me away. Just the amount of music where it's like, it was a cassette, you know what I mean? It, that's all you had. And then just now it's, I don't know. Even before that, like in my living room, I have a Victrola, a cabinet Victrola, which if you don't know what that is, it's a record player essentially, but you have to hand crank it and it runs, you put your needle on the record to play it and you have to replace the needle after like two records. So yeah, like literally you have a a container, a, a, a cutout in the cabinet that's for your used needles, and then you have a cutout for your new needles because you had to replace them all the time because the second they get dull, they don't pick up the record, you know, the vibrations anymore. And so, like, thinking about that compared to even a CD or a cassette player, music definitely went a long way. 
because yeah. albums that al- you they would used to make a whole album and you you could listen to the whole thing and now with the technology you can just skip 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 and it's a no- like i remember i i took uh some like teenagers like on this road trip to show them some when i lived in arizona like to show them sedona they're from florida they've never been they hadn't seen Sedona. It's beautiful, and it snowed, and they're from Florida. They never seen snow before. They lost their minds. But I was just playing music for them, and they couldn't listen to a song for more than like a minute thirty, and it was driving me bonkers. It was like annoying. I'm like, this is good music. Stop skipping. Listen to the whole damn song. It's four minutes, and they couldn't do it. Well, there's, uh. you know, and that's that's just a different generation. But you know, it it kind of leads into the idea. You know, my kids and John's kids and, and uh, you know, that era of children, they don't know any different. They just have MP3 and calculators oh, in their phone and video games. And, you know, look at the first video game, Pong. Who's playing Pong anymore? Nobody, because you got Fortnite and Call of Duty and Madden and... Eh. and Super- Okay, some people play Pong. I'll give you that, John, but that's not the point. You understand what I'm saying. It's that video games have come. Look at, you know, Pong to Call of Duty. That's an, an insane leap. And we're only talking, what, 25 years-ish? Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about any technology because everything's seen a dramatic leap. And I didn't want to cut you guys off, but... We, I don't know if you remember, Chris, but we used to have an 8-track as well. I don't remember what car it was in, but we had 8-track. That does that wouldn't surprise me. I don't but, remember it, but... Yeah, yeah, I don't remember 8-track. But actually, when, when Pong came out, it was, it was rated NC-17. You guys didn't know that, did you? We did not. I, I've heard that. It was corrupting the youth. They're like, oh, the kids are—they're all—they just want to start playing ping pong, and they won't focus on anything. They, their studies—it's all about the ping pong. Or, I but mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be. I, yeah, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I totally made it up, John. You're a sucker. Well, I, yeah, in fairness, <laughs> they're too worried like, about it... com- they were, they're worried about the communists. They weren't worried about the kids playing the pong yet. They had they had nuclear you know explosions on their minds, so they could let the kids play pong. It was okay. But yeah, I was gonna say that what I was gonna tie into was also video or not videos, movies. Look at the animation difference. Like you went from practical effects to bad CGI to now. Anyone that has a computer can potentially make their own movies. Well, and that's, you know, a good point, because I don't know the last time you watched a VHS tape. But mine is more recent than not. And, oh, it was so terrible. Like, you still have a VCR? Yes. Okay. He still has a CRTV. The, the, but you're, you, the quality was annoying you because you, you were now accustomed to the fancier technology. So going back, you're like, oh, wow, how did – but it's funny because when you used to watch it, it, that was the norm. But now going back, you're like, oh, man, this looks so archaic. Like uh, Air Force One, the, the Harrison Ford president movie when he, uh-huh. he's in the plane. Like watching the plane 
fall into the ocean now, the graphics are horrible. But when it <laughs> happened in a theater back in the thing, people were losing their minds. Right. That's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so amazing. And Hollywood hasn't really caught up that much compared to the rest of the world. Like, they're still filming in 60 frames per second or 30 yeah. frames, whatever it is. And, you know, they, they're not trying to change too much, but the TVs are the what's really giving us the perspective. Yeah, but have you seen some of the... <clears throat> I can kind of... And I'm not one to be a, like a videophile and all of that stuff, but when TV went to like full HD... It just looked like Uncanny Valley. It was just so off-putting compared to, say, movies or anything like that. Well, the, I'm assuming you're talking about, like, the soap opera effect where it made... Yeah, it yeah. But that was... I mean, soap operas were the first to kind of go into that foray. But it, it just had that weird... Like... It's just no, weird. I, yeah, you feel a little bit... It feels less like a movie and more like you're watching something through a camera. Like it's real. It's just a. It's a different way. You know, it kind of changes your perspective, and you don't. Honestly, I sometimes it feels like you don't get as lost in it because you're not. You know, you're watching. It's different than what you're used to. Where before you're just watching a movie. You know, it's a movie, but you can get lost in it. When it starts to get a little real, it it changes it. And just looks fucking weird. <laughs> well, yeah. And then, like, when I bought my new TV, I felt that way for a little while. And then now it just all looks normal to me. So I, I mean, think your eyes kind of get used to it. Yeah, there is that. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> But then, you know, you look at where are... I mean, think about... So we'll take uh, flat screen TVs. Like I said, I'm stuck on TVs because honestly, I love TVs. If I could buy a new TV every month, I would. Really? <laughs> I don't every, know. Come I, on, you, you'd you would just be learning the remote, and then you'd have to get a. <laughs> I I know that's too that's too short. A I, year, well, okay. I can see what he's saying though, because every time new technology comes out, you kind of want to try it. I was the same way when it came to phones when, um, you know, smartphones became a thing because I had the flagship, the first flagship Android phone. And for the first five, six years, I, I was constantly upgrading my phone as soon as I could because I wanted to, you know, to try out the newest, greatest and all that. All right. So I think you're a you're, you're technology junkie. I think there's there's a certain part where that's it's keeping up with the I got to get the latest. Uh, to me, well, I have an iPhone eight, and I like it because it's the right size. It's not a giant thing that that rips my pocket because it's it's like a mini laptop or something. Like just give me, I want something that functions and I know works. I don't want the fanciest bells and whistles that I have to figure out, and it can do a million things that I don't understand. Is anybody? Uh, the, there's got. I know there's other people like me well, who are under eighty. But John, it's funny you bring up mini laptop because my phone is technically a mini laptop. It's it's so big it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, you, like you have to 
Come on, like it's breaking your pockets. It's 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 no longer anywhere close to a phone. You have a mini laptop in your pocket. Well, and Chris, you've seen mine, right? The the two screen phone. You have, you have picture in the picture. What do you got? Well, Let's... no, it's it's an LG phone. So you know how the foldable phones were all the big thing. Um, LG before they stopped doing smartphones had a case that you could put your phone in that extended the display to a second screen. So kind of like a laptop. Almost like a magnifying glass just to make no, it bigger? No, no. It's like, it's like if you, you know, if you ran two monitors right next to each other, same concept. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I, you know, I can have two different things going at once, which, you know, situationally is good. Like if I'm trying to, if I'm doing something and need to research, I can continue doing what I'm doing while also researching, which is, you know, how I use my two monitors at home. But it wasn't, to get back, um, this wasn't, a, oh, I'm going to buy it as soon as it gets out. Hell no, I waited till it was on discount and bought it. Right, <clears throat> certain point, like, and what this may be the old fart in me, but like, at a certain point, um, if I need something where I need com two computer monitors, I'll wait till I get home. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't need to have two computer mon. Like I, you know, sitting on the light rail or driving in my car or something. I can, I can detach from technology long enough to go anything fancy I need. I can wait till I get it to a computer. And I don't think people have that attention span anymore. I don't think people think that way. It's nice well, that you took over the get off my lawn segment for the week. That was nice. <laughs> oh, I, I can curmudgeon it up with the best of them. Yeah. Well, and see, I disagree with that, though, because even like using two monitors at the same time is still a niche mindset. Like most people do not have two monitors. Um, it's becoming more popular, especially in like workplace settings where I. I think, yeah, people working from home, I think it's getting more common because, like, I am not a computer guy, technology guy at all, and I had a office job that turned into a work-from-home job, and I had two monitors, and it well, was kind and that's, of annoying. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's becoming more commonplace in um, work, in work, work. But as far as, you know, personal life, like, well, in fairness, my daughter, my youngest, has two monitors, but... Huh. That's only because she, every time I would go to work, she'd go to my computer because she wanted to play games and watch stuff at the same time. Or not so much watch, but be able to listen to and look over and see stuff at the same time. Well, and computers, you know, that's that's one thing. Like two monitor systems, that's uh, technology-wise, that's not as impressive because you're just linking two screens together. But the uh, what I'm looking at is, you know, I have a TV, a 65-inch LED smart TV, which the picture is amazing. I like it. It works fine. But I can't wait to see in 20 years what TVs look like hanging up on a wall. Or are they like projections that, uh, you know, like I have a projector as well, but is Ooh, everything... Lot. <laughs> I, I went that I was going the other one. I don't know where I was going with that. I yeah. went sexy route and not. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's 
all this technology and then it's it's going to be just shitty reality shows that suck you know what i mean like all of this thing for for crap i think i was just like i i i haven't had cable in seven and like eight years probably just because i don't want to spend 80 like oh we can bundle all together and we can give you for 120 dollars we can give you 500 channels of shit that you're only going to watch four of hey but kirk what if you want to watch the opening animation to the fused relativity podcast on a 120 inch screen it would look like crap <laughs> wow. but, wait who's whose side were you arguing i got lost there wait i, I <laughs> so it would be bigger but it would be pixelated and it wouldn't look as crystal clear because the size well, I, yeah, yeah and it, i didn't put a ton of detail into the resolution and everything uh projectors actually john have gotten much better they don't explode it's not a it's not as much of a magnify as it is an actual projection of a said screen so yeah they've gotten much better but i'm kind of i'm not like focusing on the projection side i'm just thinking like you know us with all technology where are we going to be in 25 years because at the at the rate we're going i it's... can't wait i mean everything <sighs> is going to be just here's the thing out. you it could go one of two ways i i see it going one of two ways it's either going to be like you're thinking where it's hyper-realistic, you know, 20K, you know, super high definition. You can see the individual hairs on someone from 20 feet away type screens. Or it's going to hit this incremental mark. Because one of the biggest factors right now is storage. Like... You could say, you know, you can have an 8K TV, but streaming 8K video, I don't think there's many networks unless you have gigabit or fiber, you're not going to be able to do it. Like, that, you, got, you guys have kids. Is anybody else worried that the technology and the graphics are going to get so crystal clear and so amazing and so visually pleasing that I can't imagine trying to pull a kid outdoors to go look at nature look there's no. a beautiful tree and a sunset and the sunrise and it looks amazing and they're like this is crap this is not as good as eh. what i see on the tv no because there's definitely a different difference like and i'll pull this from what's currently happening my daughter is playing american truck simulator which is is exactly what it sounds like and I would bet if I were to say, let's go out and look at the stars, she would say, absolutely. I mean, that's all relative to to the person, you know, yeah. as far as like, like from, you know, I'm sure John, because he can't touch sunlight, he would much rather look at the sun through the uh, frame of his monitor. But, you know, someone like you or me, we can we can go out in the sun. It doesn't hurt burst into flames yeah yes <laughs> oh he's a zombie Never yeah mind. i was gonna say that's Not vampire okay so, so you just get instant skin cancer is that maybe <laughs> you're, that, you're that pale like oh my i stepped what happened i stepped outside and i got melanoma just for a second <laughs> damn you nature <laughs> but but I, no i, I think that's that's all relative to the person but i do think like just follow me on this kirk so what if the experience got so real 
like uh let's say virtual reality and tvs and everything got so advanced that instead of having to spend a thousand dollars on a ticket to go up on a blue origin ship or a, a starship that you sit on your couch and you take the same adventure and it doesn't cost you anything. Hmm. See, it's, I think then we, we venture into idiocracy, the Mike judge movie where just people sit in a chair and just eat food and just watch porn. I think that's, well, it become people become so sedentary. The thought of what well, out, well, out inside is better. Outside is bad. Why ever leave me stay inside? I think it almost, it's like we're, we're we've returned to living in a cave. Now with electrolytes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, it's got, it's got electrolytes. Well, what do you think, John? What do you think? I do agree with you that it is going to, and you know what? Since Chris brought up virtual reality, I see that being the next big thing. Because I don't know if you've actually, if either of you have actually played or done anything with virtual reality before, but it is crazy and getting much better it's 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 come a long way from like lawnmower man like that stephen king movie like that's that's my reference for virtual reality like i have a uh oculus and one of the games i played is a um hot dog horseshoes and hand grenades which is a um it's basically a shooting gallery and um it is ridiculously fun and when you're in it realistic like most of vr is is really good but it's at the stage of like early 2000s tvs all it ever did was give me a headache well and that that's part of the problem is because the resolution is so low per se that a lot of like when it was like with the Nintendo and it's extremely low resolution attempt at VR way back in the day as it gets more and more dense with pixels and makes things more fluid and whatnot it will get better and better and in for at least the TV talk I could definitely see TVs being replaced with virtual reality where you just throw on a a headset and can watch a movie in, you know, simulated 8K or 4K or whatever without, you know, actually having to have a TV. It seems like people are watching less TV, like it's more on monitors and screens. So it seems like it would be an easier transition to like, look, okay, it's now instead of a, a tablet or your phone, now it's just goggles that are on your face. I, well, I, it seems like that jump is coming. Well, and if you look at what they're doing with um, augmented reality, that's absolutely the step. You're going to put on glasses and you're going to be able to go into your you know, house and it's going to be connected to you know maybe your main computer. And you'll be able to sit at, at your desk with a keyboard and a mouse and have virtual monitors that you're doing everything off of. I that think the are, odd part was the, the kids that that won't have the, those glasses will be the nerds, so it'll be completely flipped. I only have one question, John. What the hell are the seashells for? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Demolition Man? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking when you were talking about that, I started thinking, and I was like, what was that movie where they went to the, the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Demolition Man, that would be the only problem is you would have a number of people who were totally against it. Like if you had smart homes that were completely like linked in, you would have people like Kirk who are like, screw that. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm going to rebel against the connectivity. Well, and yeah, that's going to happen with everything. That's going to happen with automation or not automation, automatic or autonomous cars. It, it's you're there's always going to be a subset of people that are not going to want to adapt to the new way of things and are going to want to stay with what they're familiar with. All the gearheads who work on their cars are not going to want a car that drives themselves. They want to, they like driving. There is going to be a sect of people. And, and maybe it's just, they get phased out. You know what well, I mean? Like, and if you get born and you, you don't know, like I said, if you've never worked on your own car, or you don't grow up, grow up that tech, that uh, culture, you don't know any better. So, oh, just driving, self-driving cars is the way to do it. I don't know well, anything else. But you're right about being phased out. Let's take the, the self-driving car. If that starts becoming the norm, or especially electric cars, if electric cars start becoming the norm, gas prices are only going to shoot up because now you've got, you know, a smaller and smaller and smaller group of people that need that gasoline, which means the, you know, gas stations aren't going to be as profitable as, say, charging stations. Supply and demand. Yeah. yeah the, the demand for that is going to go down. So, the yes, uh, yes, for sure. So, you know, and it's going to turn into another thing where, you know, the wealthy are able to keep on to their, you know, expensive gasoline powered cars. But the everyone else is going to be kind of forced to adopt into electric cars. And that's going to happen with, you know, a lot of things. Cars are for retired guys. And it's not like you're 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 taking your, you know, 1950s Chevette or, or, you know, whatever your car is. You're not commuting to work or something like it's a it's a retired person going on pleasure drives or just joy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so you're not you're not using it every day stuck in an hour of rush hour. You're, but, you would use your Prius for that. You That's what you uh, use your electric car for. And I, it's funny, John, because as we're talking, I'm laughing at myself because I'm thinking I'm amazed at technology and where it's going. We could see electric cars predominantly. Oh, it's absolutely going to happen. Eventually, There's... yes. Yeah, it's going to happen. But, you know, all of these things that we're jumping into, and this may be something we can touch on, <laughs> excuse me, for a later episode, but I'm actually somewhat against it, even though I love it and I like the technological advances that we're in. Uh, with that becomes security, connectivity issues. Like, um, I know that someone is listening to this podcast right now who is, you know, figuring out a way to use this information to sell us something. You well, know, it, and says the person that got everyone for Christmas one year Alexa's. that's why i'm laughing is because i'm i hate it right because it sometimes like i don't know if you guys have ever had this happen but sometimes i'll feel like i was talking about something like oh i could use a new toaster and a day later i get an ad for a toaster 
that pops up in my oh this is this has been thoroughly proven multiple times everything with a speaker is listening to you not necessarily to the extent of you know conspiracy theorists that say oh it's it's recording everything to the cloud yet no it's just picking up keywords and i know that you know there's no way it could record you because there's not enough space in the cloud to record people 24 7 no it's just not possible and there's not enough man hours to be able to listen to all of that but the thought that what drives me crazy is that someone you know my phone could be listening to me say toaster and then i get a, a ad for a toaster two hours later and i'm going well that's a little bit shifty i don't well, feel like they should know that right. my, well, my cloud my cloud actually told me shut up i, I it, and it stopped listening to me so i, I have the well, problem and, and it's i would assume i don't know for fact but i would assume it's just you know if you're having a casual conversation and say, hmm, what do you think about getting a new toaster? It's going to pick up on certain keywords. Like it's only got a dictionary of X amount of words, and it's li just listening for those keywords. And when it hears them, it's like, hey, he's looking for a new toaster. Send him ads. <clears throat> same thing, but it's the same thing, too. Like, granted, people listening to your or your phone listening to you for keywords, that's invasive and wrong. But then, yeah. But how many times do you go? You know, you look up. I want to buy a fuse relativity uh, planet cup, and then over the next four or five websites that you cruise through, you get ads for that fused relativity planet cup. But it's like, come on, guys. And that's just, that's you know, I, yeah. I I see what you. I completely agree, but. It's also kind of the, the, the price we're paying for, well, not the price we're paying, the price we're having to pay for lax uh, govern. what would be the governance? When, it would be regu regulation is the yeah. word you're uh, when, when, there's, when there's four corporations and everybody's relying on technology, it just seems like it's a byproduct. That, that's just what happens because corporations are going to keep using their technology to make more money and to advertise. Well, so that's kind of the loop we're in. Well, so but my, if you look my, my, Sorry, my point was is if this is going to be the case and technology is going to advance to that high of a level, that might be the talking point and we can touch on it later is where does the regulation step in and say, "Look, these companies can't watch every single thing you do." But it, you know, the argument could be said that they're not. You know, it could just be something, you know, that they're just a little program that's listening for keywords and sending just those, you know, a keyword or two, which technically isn't, you know, invasive because you're agreeing to using the service. Because no one reads those agreement things and guarantee right. you – Every somewhere in each one of those agreements is something about, hey, we're going to monitor, you know, keywords to potentially sell you stuff. Because almost every company that has gotten big is now an advertising company. Right. And I, I don't see any politician, anybody. Our government doesn't work 
anyway. It doesn't work great. So, and the average politician is, I mean, in the, in their sixties or seventies. So like they don't even understand the technology. So no trying to relying on them to try to regulate it is not going to happen, especially when all of these giant corporations are giving them millions and billions of dollars. So I don't see any change coming anytime soon. It's especially it's, it's gonna, when you, it's, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get, it's not going to change. So just pick a different battle. Cause I think this is a losing one, Chris. <laughs> And, you know, it's just, it was something that popped into my head when we were talking, because I'm like, with all this technology, you know, a, a, a TV, a 27-inch black square TV from 1998 isn't picking up what you're talking about, at least as much as we know. Yeah. And, no. Know, yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't connected to anything. There was, no, there was, unless, you know, even if there was a microphone, you'd have to have a van sitting outside your house with you know someone to pick up the the transmission so i mean it's it's all relative but it it just kind of unnerving a little bit just because sometimes i think about how many people are monitoring everything that i say no one no one cares about what you say chris except no. the listeners of the, the podcast <laughs> uh, other, other than that, they're they're on the edge of their seat everybody I'm, else not so much i'm guessing then it's even iffy kirk <laughs> but i mean that's that's the argument is like you said if everything was being recorded like at all times a the amount of data and b the amount of time it would take to i mean there's 300 million people just in a, america alone and if you whittle it down to adults it's still you know well over 200 million Right, which means who that the, who the hell are you? Why do you think you're that important? And, and if you just the numbers, yeah, and if you broke it down to if your their phone was recording them 24 hours a day, you know that's a billion hours, billion plus hours of recording. It would take you know, even if every single person was listening to someone else's thing, it would still take everyone in the America, tw you know, 24 straight hours, which would be two days. We, you know, with sleep and everything to get through one other person's day of recording. Even and, the algorithms would be bored. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it, it just, it's not feasible. Like, sure, if you, you know, do something stupid and end up on some, you know, watch list, yes, you, you might have a greater concern that people are potentially listening in on you. But for the... My next trick is to start talking about random buzzwords. Like, uh, you know, what if I threw out the word speedo a bunch of times just randomly in conversation? Do it. <laughs> just to see if my phone would then, or, you know, even my Alexa devices would tell me, you know, it's trying to start selling me a speedo. It would, it would, you know what it would do? It would send you a bunch of electric razor shavers first. <laughs> You're a hairy son of a bitch. It doesn't want to see that. Um, but you better bet that if 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 Alexa offers me a speedo, how am I supposed to say no to that? Just God, go. just please say no. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to speak for Tiffany and everybody else with eyeballs. <laughs> that's, but that's what I was like. I was like, you know, sometimes you can line it up to coincidence. Other times you think that. It's just a little too coincidental. 
If I start throwing out Speedo all over the place and then all of a sudden I start getting ads for Speedos, that's just a sign. That well, well it's, keep, it's, us, keep us informed. Let us know. Yeah. I, I'm kind of curious about this little experiment. Oh, you'll get pictures. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. No pictures. No pictures. <laughs> no scratch and sniff. No nothing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those, you know, it, it's such an intriguing topic because of. of well, and. We barely scratched the surface. We talked about TVs. <laughs> I know. I kept us on TVs because I do. I really love TVs. I have like six TVs, and uh, I would buy more in a heartbeat. Everybody's See, got now. Their... You're gonna get a bunch of TV ads now because it hurt it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming he already gets a ton of TV ads. I do because I search TVs a lot, so I get TV ads. Well, there you go. Oh yeah, if you search it, then yes, you're going to get it. But, uh, it, you know, in, in computers, I mean, just the idea that look at dial-up versus my Wi-Fi right now. I mean, it's it's such an amazing trek that we're on and just the difference in, you know, 1940 versus 2021 is just such a leap. But it's not it's it's a short amount of time in the grand scheme, which means 25 years could seem like 50 years worth of advancement it's it's making us old men before our time prematurely because <laughs> it's it's advancing so fast that you know 10 well, years ago you're like what hey it used to be that used to be the the fanciest thing and like oh whatever old man that's that's now past it that's way old technology and in fairness you won't really understand this but john you'll back me up uh i'm not good at video games anymore i thought i used to be halfway decent but my brain just can't keep up. That's too, not many, too many, too many buttons. There's too many yeah, damn buttons. Can... It's getting so realistic. They don't even like video. It looks like a real virtual reality game with 18 buttons. Well, so... the other thing is, is you have to kind of gaming has gotten very, it's progressed probably just as fast as anything else, if not more so, because it's, it's, it like is... it's a young person game, right? It's for the, eh. the, the, the quick hand-eye coordination, and the, that's what the young people have. It, it's also for the people, like, people around our age that were playing games are still playing games. Like, Chris, not to knock you, but you kind of stuck in one genre and barely uh, went outside of that. So well, I, mean, I got first person shooters and sports games. That's it. Yeah. So for people like me who play a, a variety of stuff, like I still consider myself not great at most games, but I can do pretty well. You're but pretty and I, I tapped out at Sega Genesis. If that blows your mind, that's when I stopped. John was pretty good at blowing me up with grenades on Halo. I mean, yeah, but, in fairness, I haven't played. Well, I was gonna say I haven't played a first-person shooter. Never mind, because I played PUBG for a, a little bit there, but right when it first came out. But other than that, I, I really don't play first-person shooters outside of single-player ones. Like, I can't even tell you the last. Oh no, I played Far Cry. That was probably the last first-person shooter I played. Well, John, it's it's uh, getting to be that time, and we. Uh of course, can talk about this. We'll have to extend this to another episode because 
feel like it's a meaty topic that we can get, you know, we can talk forever on this just between the three of us. But I say let's go over to Kirk's Corner because I'm sure he's got something fun for us. Let's check it out. Do we have, is there anything? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> what the? Are those are that... green, is that jello? <laughs> what is the green jello blocks? If you remember, the uh, UFO was uh, absorbing the corn dogs last week. Oh, so that was the byproduct of this. It's like Soylent Green. <laughs> and Kirk, yeah, those those geese are creepy looking. Did you? I, there's more of them there. They're reproducing. There's a few hidden ones. <laughs> yes. And don't don't think too hard about the extremely large one. No, I'm gonna have nightmares about it. <laughs> Did you see the one on the UFO and the one on your shelf, Kirk? Oh, what? there they are. Okay. I did not until you said that. I'll give you a hint. There's a really small one, too. It's by the Tinkercat. Oh, he's under the Tinkercat. <laughs> I see him. I, wow. It's like, a, it's like a highlights magazine. You're all heightened stuff now. <laughs> All right. Why? Well, thanks. That I'm glad. It's it's nice. To, it's always cool that when you, there's new graphics to look at. It's it's nice to change it up, and the geese are multiplying, <laughs> uh, just like in Colorado. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know what? This is a uh, Kirk's corner. It's it's more of just kind of brain bits. It's kind of going to be random. So uh, I'm just going to throw out a bunch of kind of random thoughts I've had. If you if any of them hit, just kind of stop me and kind of question me and go, "What the hell were you thinking on that one?" But uh, so just. Here's some Kirk's random brain bits. Uh, okay. I bet the first one is uh, American trucks have the highest percentage of testicular cancer. I don't know. <laughs> Truck nuts. I, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think they sell that. Um, all right. How about uh, when you, uh, when you yield to a cow, you're giving her the Milky Way. All right, that's a that's <laughs> for all the farmers out there. Uh huh. All right, how about the come on? This is a baseball joke. Godzilla never visited Fenway. Okay, come on. Green, Green monster. There you go, Green Monster. All right, and I, I'm not sure about you guys, but sweatpants, I'm not a fan of either. Do <laughs> sweat or pants? I don't like neither one of them. I'm I could do without. No sweat, no pants. Um. Or how about this? I bet uh, when soldiers stop wearing fatigues, they have a lot more energy. Has anybody else said that our military, uh, it's, you know, they should change the name of that. It seems like if you if your work clothes are called fatigues, it seems kind of like a downer. I don't think you're going to be able to function at a high level. You know, you're just going to be exhausted. I mean, it's pretty solid, solid right. logic. All right. How about uh, and uh, did you guys know this before headphones? Uh, rich people just jogged with a marching band. <laughs> That's how they exercised. Um, and speaking of marching, uh, the Civil War ended 150 years ago, but we still have U.S. troops stationed here. I think it's time. <laughs> That's way too long. I mean, come on, guys. Or uh, what else? I, you know, today I was walking and I heard a motorcycle drive by blasting the cars. It was odd. That just seems silly. And oh, speaking of car, someone actually, somebody keytarred my car. 
<laughs> he tired my car. I've got to stop parking in nerdy neighborhoods. That's what I learned. Um, all right, two more, two more. Uh, I gave a girl when I was young. I gave a girl a a mixed tapeworm. Uh, we did not date. Okay, and then the last one. You know what I'd like to see? You guys are you guys grew up on a farm. I would like to see a horse in flip flops. The sound alone would be hilarious. I'm picture flip flop clip clop flip flop clip clop. I'd probably pay to see that. Wouldn't you? Come on. If you saw, you know, it seems like if you, you, you always make him wear horseshoes. You think he'd let him relax and have flip-flops. Let him kick back and be more comfortable. Birkenstocks. They live with hippies anyway, right? Okay. So those were, my, those, were about, <laughs> those were 11 random bits. Any, anyone stick out, create a, a conversation piece, any yays, nays? I like the U.S. Troops one. That one was funny. I would agree. Oh, for the, the Civil War? Yeah, yeah there's that. That one, that that one was good. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little history joke, and it's like, yeah, that's a good... Wait a second. We're still here. <laughs> I mean, we, have, we have troops in Germany. We have troops in there. We still have U.S. troops in the Civil War. Kirk, I'm always amazed at what your brain comes up with. I really am. Wow. I, you know what? Coming from you, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a compliment because, I mean, just the uh, the adventure you just took us on. I wouldn't have come up with that. It was good. See that? See? And like I said, I'm, I'm job hunting, so I don't know how to put that on a resume. I can come up with a very clever, clever uh, Civil War joke. I'm not sure that that helps your company out, but I can do that. Hire me anyway. Right. I'm, I'm getting closer. That's another teaser. I, I think I might be getting close to a working uh, as, as at a, uh, at Sprouts, but I'll keep you, I'll keep you informed to, to what the next job will be. And then I'm sure it'll create new material and maybe I'll get healthier. Who knows? Just, just as long as you don't work on Saturdays at 9 PM. Do you know if that's already the availability? Not Saturday. I have to entertain <laughs> America. That's what I told them. <laughs> Not all America is listening, but they they can and they should. That's you know this is. I'm sure we're up to how much, John? How are we, are we up to three million average viewers now? <laughs> is what I heard. Just, if just only. exaggerate, John. Just uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, give, give, just give, a million, give or yeah, take three million. <laughs> let's not inflate our egos here. We're it's only a million. All right, all right. So we're rounding down. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Rule of threes, Kirk. <laughs> All right. So what's next? Are we, is it time for off topic? I believe so. We will jump over to some. Oh, and John didn't mess up the transition. Nice. Well, yeah, there we go. I, I was about to if I hadn't screwed up and I, I did leave it on. Um, off topic. We are headed there. Kirk, I believe you have some pretty good off topic for us this week. Yes. Okay. So I, I, this was the big story I saw. There is um, a company came out with mac and cheese flavored ice cream. Did you guys see this? Did you see the pictures? It, that uh, sounds it, amazing. Really? Uh, like, okay. So you're for uh, it. See, it looks to me, disgusting. 
I, I ran it, I even I ran it by Delilah. I go, would you like mac and cheese ice cream? And she told me, she's two and a half, and she said, grow up. So <laughs> even the two and a half year old thought it was a dumb idea. Um, just first of all, I mean, I'm not lactose intolerant, but my body would still reject this. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, just on principle alone. And I just don't, I mean, you know, the you scream, I scream, we all scream at the inventor of this horrible idea. Just because to me, it's perfect for people who want an ice cream headache, diabetes, and constipation all at the same time. Well, look, here's my thought. It's like, uh, have you, Kirk, have you ever tried bacon ice cream? No, I've had bacon dipped in chocolate at the fair. That's the closest I've had, but I've not had bacon ice cream. So bacon ice cream is you basically just bacon in vanilla ice cream. And it is fantastic, okay? It's salty, the bacon, which counteracts the sweetness of the ice cream. It's really good. Uh, but there's got to be a line, right? Like, people are putting bacon in almost everything, which normally well, I'm a fan of, but you can only put bacon in, you know, don't put bacon into... You're 10 years behind the curve on that one. Well, I'm not... No, I'm just saying... <laughs> Bacon isn't everything, and bacon's delicious. Mac and cheese is delicious by itself. I feel like that's one that doesn't belong in ice cream. That's my thing. I, I ate way too much mac and cheese in college, so I have a aversion to mac and cheese. All right. So, like, I'm that's just me. Like, some people overdosed on ramen. I overdosed on mac and cheese. But yeah, just to me, it doesn't, it doesn't go with ice cream. And that just may be an old fuddy-duddy but i'm sure some young kid will like it but it just it seems gross <laughs> i'm not you you could you could pay me 20 bucks and i still won't try this oh i absolutely how would how about 40 kirk i tried no, it I don't think... i'm gonna buy you some of this ice cream and you're gonna try it on the podcast i ate a disgusting vegetarian beet hot dog corn dog I'm buying you mac and cheese ice cream. You're trying it. Done. Uh, yeah, if you can uh, find it. All right, you know what? In my, in, I think most of it will go to Shoop by accident. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and if I, <laughs> if I can't find it, John, I will just pour a bunch of mac and cheese and ice cream See, together. Freeze that's, it. That's <laughs> not the same. <laughs> and I, that, I, I think in Wisconsin, the official state drink has become the mac and cheese uh, milkshake. Which how how about that? What do you think about that mac and cheese milkshake? Also gross. <laughs> yes, disgusting. <laughs> Sprinkled breadcrumbs on top of it. It's just it's not ice. I don't know. It's like to me when you were young, you had to finish your mac and cheese to get the ice cream. You didn't put them together. Hold on. Well, me... Oh no, Keith. Uh, I was gonna ask my. I was gonna pull my kids to see if they would eat this. <laughs> well, the kids will eat anything. That doesn't count. One yes, one no. Boom, boom. All right. Well, one of your kids is right, and the other one is wrong. All right. Well, the kids have voted 50-50, and our poll here at Fused Relativity is two-thirds. 
Uh, me and Kirk say no. John says yes. Right. And yeah. if, if you do, I, I will try it if you did it, but uh, I will, I, I can't imagine liking it. But, I, uh, I, I, for the podcast, I will eat it only for the podcast. I've signed up for the waiting list to see if I can order some when it comes available. You're on a waiting list for it? Yeah. I put the link in chat, but yeah. All right. So we'll be on a waiting list. We'll have to find a way to get that to Kirk, maybe some dry ice, and uh, let him try it out, see what he thinks. Mm. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> maybe if you put some baking in it, bacon in it, it'll uh, be better. Oh, my arteries are clogging just hearing that. All <laughs> the cheese and the show. Oh. So, uh, John, switching off topic, topics. Um, <laughs> first, I have one this week, surprisingly. Hey, well, I'm going to let you finish it out because I'm going to tell you mine. It is the uh, first ever 3D printed steel bridge opened in Amsterdam. And it was a four year long project in which they used essentially robotic arms with welders to make the stainless steel bridge and it's pretty cool i forgot i forgot to send you the picture of it they did a it's a real you know whirly artistic looking bridge uh but it's kind of cool 3d printed bridge it took long like four years is a long time for that to effect but still pretty cool and i'm putting the link in chat for anyone that wants to take a look at it yeah it's a very interesting looking bridge i think it took four it took four years because they were ever the guys that made it were just so high because it was amsterdam <laughs> it was it was robots so it took, it took, it took even the even, they got the they got the, the robot stones so they're like dude it should should have taken six months but four years but it was worth it. Well, now they're going to spend the next, uh, let's see, they're going to spend the next uh, probably about a year just testing its, you know, capacity and how it does with people walking over it all the time just to, you know, see what the uh, right. It, 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 it can support 40 Europeans or four fat American tourists is what I've heard. That's not right. So, eh, it was a cool idea. Just something different. A 3D printed bridge. Look where we're going. Technology. They, yeah, they can print houses. They can print bridges. They can print little things to have wasp lives in them. So, <laughs> they can do anything. That's right. Little can-do attitude. Yeah. And now, John, you are up since we're watching you do your uh, OBS. Well, I'm I'm just I was messing around. I was trying to pull up a picture of the bridge, but it's not cooperating. Um, so my off topic was there is a Finnish company, uh, or Finnish group that is launching a plywood satellite. I saw that. So it is. So basically, just the outer shell is made of. I think they use birch. Everything else is 3D printed metal or uh, just um, computer components. When I came across that story, I was kind of surprised by it because my question immediately was, how's that going to handle a 
space rock hitting it at 17,000 miles an hour. Probably as well as a regular CubeSat would handle being hit by a space rock. Yeah, and this supply would be pretty flammable. I mean, like that, that was my first thought. Like, I don't know. Well, that's the point. It coming back into re-entry and it just, you know, well, it seems like it just burst into flame. That's that's kind of the point is it would potentially minimize the amount of and see that's where I kind of disagree with the uh, the thought of it because it's it's just a cubesat so it's only supposed to be up in space for a little bit and when they re-enter those things are so tiny anyway even if it was a, a metal well if it was a metal cube it might survive re-entry but you know the thin little aluminum they put on those those cubesats is just going to melt away. Same with the wood. It, it's it's. I would assume it's more for publicity, like, hey, we're launching the first ever technically wooden satellite, even though it's not wood. It's just got a wood shell. I mean, it's only 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters. So it, it's, it's tiny in... To me, it just doesn't seem like it's a very... I mean, I saw it. I thought I got the idea of it, but in the long run, I'm just like, eh. It's kind of a lame story. It yeah. seems like a publicity thing to try to, like, all the guys who aren't crazy about technology but like to make birdhouses, they're like, oh, plywood, I'm interested. You know what I mean? It's like when the, the NFL tries to have pink stuff or Taylor Swift sing songs. It's like they're trying to rope in new fans. Well, yeah. that's. I'm assuming that's what it is because it just doesn't seem like it would be beneficial at all over just an aluminum siding or frame, not frame, um, shell. Yeah, no, most people like the, we're, the techno, technological advances, uh, usually the answer isn't plywood. <laughs> I feel like uh, well, they're trying to build very slowly, just build like a pirate ship in space. So there's some space pirates going on. I'm down for that. Well, I was going to say, for some reason, whenever uh, whenever technology starts leaping forward, we always have something that goes back to wood, like the <laughs> spruce goose. Remember you that? Go re- you got to go retro. Yeah. Well, yeah, the the plane that was made out of wood for some reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was a publicity stunt as well, and only flew once. But you know. But yeah, see, there's always that group that wants to go retro and go backwards, but then everybody else is just like, "Why don't we do that?" This is so much better. Yeah. If you follow the credo of new is always better, sometimes it works. But anyway, well, we're 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 super long this week, which I kind of assumed we would be. Um, but like I said, you know, we discussed it and we've been getting on a roll these last couple episodes and having a lot of fun with these topics that we're coming up with. So you know what? I'm okay with it. I like going a little a little bit long. If we have to talk a little more, that's cool. Uh, Interesting topic. We can be chatty Cathy's. That's right. And any chance I get to throw a joke at John or Kirk or vice versa, that's always fun too. But I do have to get to the baby, so I am going to close out the episode there. And for Chris, John, and Kirk, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Episode 20. Next week, our our podcast will be old enough to drink. How about that? We'll have a DD. I was going to say, we should celebrate. I think <laughs> I will.
Okay, yeah, next week we'll see how many shotgun beers we can do before the end of the episode. Beers? Be a man. Okay. Whiskey. Okay, we will line up shots of whiskey. <laughs> no, we, will no. shot, we will shotgun whiskey. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> 25 minutes in, there would just be silence. Yeah, yeah. You don't know me and just a fist fight. All <laughs> p- punching our monitors. <laughs> I quit. This podcast is stupid. Yeah, you don't know me. We're going to Jack in the Box. Shut up. I'm leaving. <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully we'll have something good for next week and we might tie some fun drinking game in just, you know, if we can. So everybody, I hope you have a wonderful evening and we hope to see you here next week.